So, Lord, I thank you right now as we go into the word. Lord, I pray for a fresh anointing on this word tonight. Be filled with this whole preaching, teaching of word. Be filled with the spirit. Lord, I pray lock us in by the Holy Spirit to give you our best and full attention. Give us good, fertile soil. Hearts and minds, let the word of God go out like living seeds of truth as you speak through me. Planted in a good, fertile soil of lives. Watered by the Holy Spirit, take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains. Lord, I thank you for locking us in. Help us receive tonight everything we need to out of your word. And let everything be accomplished through this teaching that your will to be done. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. All right, so last week I talked about the healing ministry. I talked about using your authority. Okay? It's so important that we command. And I'm breaking this up in a little bit nuggets, so I'm going to cover a lot in the future. But I wanted to talk right now just real briefly about vehicles of healing virtue. And what I mean by that is a vehicle through which healing flows. If that makes sense. So it's like a vehicle through which the healing power of God flows. I was going to talk about a couple. One is the James 5.14 says, If there's any sick among you, call upon the elders of the church to anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith will bring healing to the sick. So, there's some kind of a vehicle there, scriptural promise, that through that avenue, healing virtue flows. The fact that the eldership is mentioned because they have spiritual authority. The anointing with oil is mentioned because oil sanctifies somebody. Have you ever thought about that? That's really why so much happens when people are anointed with oil. Because when somebody's anointed with oil before the Lord, it sets them apart. It's, there's a sanctifying that takes place by, by the anointing of oil. And what happens when you look in the Old Testament at Moses. Moses had set up the tabernacle. And he went into the Holy of Holies first. And he went in there and anointed everything with oil, setting it apart as holy backed out into the holy place did that then out into the holy uh, uh, sorry the outer court but anyway he anointed it and set it apart to be holy unto God and he took Aaron and his sons and did the same thing and when they were set apart to be holy then the glory of God came but there's something about the anointing with oil that's powerful when Jesus sent out some of his disciples in the book of Mark you can read about it they went forth it says and they anointed the sick with oil and they were healed. There's something about the anointing with oil that is powerful in healing. So you see the eldership, then you see the anointing with oil, and then you see what the prayer of faith. It is important that when we pray that we believe, both the person that is praying and the person that's receiving prayer, that we lay hold of the promises of God by faith and not give up. Because sometimes, the first time people pray, you may not always see something. And let me tell you something. God always answers prayer when you pray according to his will. So he's not up there saying no. But sometimes, if you'll keep praying, you'll find out what the hindrance is. Is it, is it a demonic thing? Is it some kind of a, something maybe you spoke over yourself and you need to ask forgiveness and renounce those words that you cursed yourself with? Is it something where maybe you've had unforgiveness toward a person? And you didn't even realize you did. You see what I'm saying? Is it maybe a generational curse that needs to be broken? Sometimes we pray 
for healing and the elders anoint with oil the prayer of faith is there the power of the holy spirit's there and things seem to improve after you pray for a couple of days but then it, it seems to come back and you you don't understand why am i not getting the full breakthrough if you'll keep being persistent in your faith and seeking god he will reveal to you whatever type of hindrance is there because it is god's will he paid for it at calvary it is the will of god it is the promise of god that we walk in divine health and prosper and God desires that for us, but we've got to keep seeking Him until every hindrance is moved out of the way. All right, and then the second thing, another vehicle through which healing flows is the laying on of hands. The Bible says in Mark 16, 17 through 18, it says, These signs will follow them that believe. So we all want the signs to go in front of us. <laughs> you know, but it says these signs follow you. So that means what happens is as many times you go in and you pray and then you leave and after you leave, miracles start happening. So we've got, what a lot of people need to realize is, is when you may get prayer at church, fall out under the power of whatever, and you get up and you don't see a major change. But if you'll still stay in faith, there's been times I've seen people over two or three day period got healed. So it begins at church, but sometimes it'll carry off carry on for a couple days maybe even a couple weeks you see the problem a lot of people have is is they'll they'll get prayer and they think i need to see or feel something different right now or it just didn't happen but that's not scriptural we believe first then we see second and so i remember hearing david hogan who has a great healing ministry used to say he would have to go into villages and he would pray for all these people and he said many times he did not see anything happen and he would leave the village and then months would pass even years would pass he would come back to that area and people would come up to him and say brother david after you left you know over the next three weeks this happened in my life i'm talking major stuff there was one individual that had leprosy so bad that their ears had fallen off, their nose had fallen off, skin was dripping. It was horrible. And Brother David had laid hands and prayed over him, left, and over the next several weeks, the man started growing back ears and a nose and everything else. And he was not recognizable because people had only known him as the person covered in rags that had leprosy. And now he looked like a brand new person. And Brother David did not recognize the man when he saw him. He said, I've never prayed for you. And the man said, you did. I just looked different. And he told him the story. So you, you see, if Brother David had left there and said, well, I guess nothing happened, it could have hindered what God was in the process of doing. There was another woman I heard about that had gotten prayer and had a huge tumor the size of like a basketball on her stomach. Prayed for the woman, left. Like three days later, out of nowhere, the tumor just fell off. Do you see what I'm saying? But you, you have to pray. You lay hands and you pray and you believe and then go on in faith because it's happening. Carlos Anacondia during the great revival, the Argentine revival, talked about, I believe it was in his book, um, Listen to Me, Satan, but it might have been another source I read. But there was a man that had legions of demons. I mean, he was a lot like the, uh, the man from the Gadarenes in the Bible. And a couple men had caught him and physically carried him. And Brother Carlos had preached, he had prayed for all these people. He was literally exhausted and going home. And they had brought this demon-possessed man to him. And Brother Carlos said, you know, he said, I was so tired that for me to sit there and try to cast out 
hundreds, maybe even thousands of demons. Would have took hours. And he said, I was spent. But he said, I put my hand on the man's head. And I said, in Jesus' name, I command every demonic spirit, you come out of this man right now. And the man, like, jerked really bad. They dropped him. He hit the ground. He jumped up, took off running into the woods. And they, they all just said, well, I don't know what we could do at this point. So they left. It was a year or two later, whatever, Brother Carlos was preaching, and this man came up to give his testimony, and he said that he was that man. Now, this, this man that was that demon-possessed, his fingernails had grown out like claws. He was totally unkempt. He had lived out in the woods, long hair, hadn't bathed in a long time, filthy. So this man that comes up to give his testimony was well-dressed, well-groomed. You couldn't even recognize him. But he said for about, if I remember right, he said for two weeks... He had ran out in the woods, and he said he would shout and yell, and this demon would come out of him. And then he would stop, and then he would just shout again, and this demon would come out of him. That went on for, he said it went on for a couple weeks that that went on. At the end of it, he was in his right mind. He was no longer insane. He came to his senses. He went back to his family and, and told them what had happened. They helped him. He got a job. His whole life was transformed. But see, Brother Carlos had to pray and believe and leave in faith and then all the miracles see the signs follow the signs follow but we we lay hands and we believe and then things happen after that see a lot of times that's why the baptism of the holy spirit is so important but i tell people don't come up trying to get the cart before the horse they used to have years ago these meetings that they called them seeking meetings and they were seeking the baptism of the holy spirit and what they were doing was basically seeking to speak in tongues and some of these people would do this for years. There was even reports of people that sought the baptism of the Holy Spirit for 50 years. And I remember hearing Kenneth Hagin talk about this. And he said, I don't believe in that seeking stuff. He said, I believe in receiving it. And he said this. He said, when I pray for you, you're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then after that, you're going to speak in tongues. Now, there's a revelation in that. Because people need to take it by faith first. See, I think what a lot of those people were doing was they were trying to speak in tongues and they weren't even receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit by faith, which after you receive it by faith, then the tongues will come. Does that make sense? They were just focused on, I need to speak in tongues. I need to speak in tongues. And they kept praying, wanting to speak in tongues. If they would have come in there and understood, the Bible says that God has promised us the baptism of the Holy Spirit for all who are far off. I mean, it's for everybody. If they would have understood that it was God's will, God was not withholding it from them. They just have to take it by faith, and then the tongues will flow. Now, I'll give you a story about this. I had prayed for a young lady to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, I'd actually prayed for a whole bunch of them. And I told them, when I pray for you, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You take it by faith. That's the end of the matter. It doesn't matter if you speak in tongues right now or three days from now. You're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You take it by faith. Because Galatians 3.13 says we receive the Spirit by faith. I prayed for them. Many of them spoke in the tongues right then. This one young lady fell out. She got up and she took it by faith. She said days later she was on an airplane. And she was listening to some worship on her headphones. And out of nowhere she said she just started crying. Tears were going down her face. She was crying. And she just opened her mouth and tongues started flowing right there on the airplane. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit when her and I prayed together. But the fullness of that, that uh, prayer language manifested days later. Do you see why it's so important that we, we believe by faith when we pray 
and then you will see the result of your prayers later. But the laying on of hands, there's something in our hands that when we lay hands, the sick are healed. When we lay hands, demons flee. There's something about your hands that are powerful. All right, the last thing is the gifts of the Spirit. This is another vehicle through which healing flows is the gifts of the Spirit. There's a scripture, I believe in Psalms, that says that God sent His Word and healed us. I believe when words of knowledge are flowing, God is sending His Word in healing. Do you remember the story of John Kilpatrick said that in the revival, he said that he was so tired. He joked around and said that Steve's eyes looked like two burnt holes in a blanket. He said they hadn't slept for days. He was exhausted. And there, he didn't know this, but there was a, a pastor and his wife, and the wife had calcified discs and spurs. And he had never even heard of such a thing. But she had gone to specialist because the pain was so bad that she had to get on pain medication. And the, then, then the tendency was to get addicted to the pain medication. So she would get off of it, but then she would be in so much pain. Anyway, she was getting so desperate. She was going from place to place, believing God. She was going to Benny Hinn meetings and different meetings. She was believing God to touch her. And they had come to the Great Pensacola Revival desperate. And Brother Kilpatrick said that during the worship time, he had saw, this was just a vision, he had saw what looked like, um, you remember those bubble blowers that, and those little kids? He said it looked like a big bubble was up on the balcony and he thought here we are in the revival having all these people come off the streets you know i mean they found like big mac stuffed in the pew things like that and he thought man some mom up there has let their kid loose and they got a little bubble blower and now there's these bubbles sticking up there on the balcony and he was kind of getting aggravated about it, like can't you people work with us here we're trying to have church you know why do you gotta let your kid loose with bubble blowers and he said right as he was thinking that the lord spoke to him and said that's my healing virtue and if you will command healing in this place, he said, I'll, I'll pop that bubble and healing will start flowing in this house. So he, he lifted up his voice and said that healing was being released. And he said that when healing would come into the revival, he said it felt like, um, and you guys that are from Texas, you'll really know what I'm talking about. When you go, you're inside the air conditioning and then you go out and it's like 100 degrees outside and all of a sudden the sun hits you. And your skin feels that sun hit it like that. And it, you can really tell. He said when revival, when healing moved into the revival on those certain nights, he said it felt like sunlight was hitting people's skin. He said he could feel it. Now, interesting because the Bible says the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. And if you look that up in the Hebrew, it says uh, wings there can be translated like rays of light or a beam, beams of light. So the Son of Righteousness arises with healing in his wings and beams, and there's like a shining. Anyway, he said that that night healing had broken out. And he said he was just given these words. He was so tired, but he all of a sudden these words started coming out of his mouth. And he was calling out words of knowledge of people that were being healed. And he said that just out of his mouth came calcified discs and spurs like that. And he said, he thought to himself, what even, what is that in the first place? But anyway, he saw, he said, as soon as he saw, he spoke that out of his mouth. He said that first he had seen that bubble, but then now he saw what looked like this silver cylinder go out of his mouth. And he said it shot like this. And he said, there was this woman standing there and it came out and hit her right in the chest. 
She went flying backwards, hit the ground, and screamed, this blood-curdling scream. And he said he thought to himself, dear God, you done killed that woman. In the revival, she's a dead woman. Anyway, <laughs> as he was doing this, she gets up, and she comes up to give her testimony and said that the calcified disc and spurs were completely gone. She was healed. So what was that? Now, let's learn from this whole story. The healing virtue of God was there. They tapped into it. The son of righteousness arose with healing in his wings and beams. There was a shining of healing. Pastor was flowing in words of knowledge. That word of knowledge was what God sent his word and healed her. And when he opens his mouth by the gift of the Holy Spirit of the word of knowledge, and he spoke out calcified distance spurs, it released that healing that came into her life. She was completely healed. Isn't that awesome? There's something about the gifts of the Spirit. You can create an atmosphere for healing, and I'll get into that in another one. But there's something about the gifts of the Spirit that release healing. There's a vehicle through which the gifts of the Holy Spirit release healing into people's lives. Words of knowledge... Also, the gifts of faith, the gift of healing, and the gift of the working of miracles. Those are the four gifts that really flow with healing. Words of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the gift of the working of miracles. The gift of faith will kick in, and you believe God for things. I remember hearing Nathan Morris saying whenever, uh, was it Delia Knox, I believe was her name, she got up out of that wheelchair. He said he was praying for her. He saw that. He was watching the video later, and he thought to himself, dear God. How did I have the faith to believe for that? But see, at that moment in time when he needed faith, the gift of faith kicked in, and he could believe God for that woman to get out of that wheelchair. That's the gift of faith. And the gift of healing, um, a lot of pastors, a lot, I believe a lot of pastors have the gift of healing. For the sheep I should do. God puts in a lot of pastors and a lot of elders. But anyway, the gift of healing is where you pray for people and there's a flow of healing. And the gift of working of miracles, the working of miracles seems to operate through spontaneous, right then, right there, something happens like an arm growing out. I know you guys were there when Basil came, Rodney Howard Brown's brother, and he was preaching at a church we went to. And Basil had different people that um, he asked him to stand up against a wall. And because of the curvature of the spine just being off a little bit, their arm would be shorter than the other. And he would have their hands together like this, and he would have his hand underneath theirs, and he would pray. And you would watch their arm grow out because their spine was being shifted. And actually, Sandy was one of the ones that was healed. And at that time in her life, her spine had been bent just a little bit to where it actually created like a crease right here. And it was uncomfortable to sit for long periods of time and even laying in bed because when your spine's curved a little bit, it's uncomfortable. And she said that she felt her back straighten up, and it's been straight ever since. God totally healed him. But that's the gift of the working of miracles. But these are vehicles through which faith, I'm sorry, vehicles through which healing flows. And so I encourage you that we, we all practice the elders anointing with oil, the prayer of faith. We all practice the laying on of hands. And also let's pray and believe for the gifts of the Spirit to be at work. Because through the gifts, healings and miracles are released. Amen. So, Lord, I thank you for this word. I pray that it will bear fruit for your kingdom. And, Lord, let healing, let faith arise and healing flow. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.